It is a wonderful morning to be here. Um, I was told this morning that I only have 43 minutes left on this battery, so if we start nearing that time while I'm up here, y'all just wave at me and I'll go ahead and wrap up my sermon. So, that's a joke for everybody this morning. Um, if I happen to go 43 minutes, then something must be wrong. So, uh, it is a wonderful morning to be here. Had a great teens class. I know y'all had a wonderful adult class down here, and I'm sure the, the young people had a great class as well. Uh, very excited. I'm also excited about this week because we have a cold front coming through. Uh, we should see temperatures in the 80s, which is uh, very welcomed uh, on my end. Very happy about that. And um, we have some um, close family friends. The Olsons are coming into town, which I know they're coming to help the dailies, but selfishly we get to spend some time with them, and we're very excited about that as well. Uh, this morning uh, we're going to be ending our um, sermon series on the basic Christian teachings. Uh, this is our last one. If you've already talked about if you've already been looking and following along with what we're uh, talking about, this morning we're talking about the idea of, of going to church. Uh, should we go to church? Uh, when I was thinking about this lesson, uh, for some reason, this phrase kept popping up in my mind. Do I have to? Right? If we're all remembering back to maybe we have young children or when we were young children, this was a favorite question of ours. Do I have to? Uh, I'm glad my mom's here. She can vouch for all these illustrations. Oftentimes, my shoes would be untied, and she would say, hey, tie your shoes. Do I have to? Well, yes, you have to tie your shoes. You're going to trip and fall. This is one I fondly remember. I can even tell you where I was sitting at in the house every time I was told to do this. Hey, Matt, put your football pants on. Do I have to? Yes, you're going to football tonight. You have to put your football pants on, right? I even asked Heather what were some of hers, one that she remembered. If you notice how much hair she has, hey, Heather, brush your hair. Do I have to? Yes, if you don't brush your hair, you're going to get a big wad of a bird's nest back there, and you're not going to be able to brush it, right? This was a, fam uh, a favorite question of mine. Maybe it was one of yours, too. And we always ask this because we didn't want to do that. And it was never just, do I have to? There was body motions, wasn't there, right? Do I have to? Right? And we'd get all upset about not wanting to do something. And we, we start really getting into it. And we don't. We just didn't want to do those things. For some reason, that question has ended up in the church. Do I have to go to church? And we ask this question all the time. I remember as a kid, I used to do it. I didn't want to go to Sunday school. I didn't want to go to church. And so I would say, do I have to go to church this morning? Can I just sleep in? This is my only day to sleep in. I, I don't want to go. Do I have to? And for some reason, this question has, has creeped into our adult minds, has creeped into uh, what we now ask today. And so we ask this all the time. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning is this idea of, do we have to? Do we have to go to church? And, and how we're going to break this lesson down is, is we're going to look at the truth behind it. Do we have to? What does the Bible say about it? And I know we all know these verses that we're going to be going over. Uh, but then we're going to talk about the heart behind it. 
we're going to talk about this idea of this question, and we're going to talk about why we need to and what our heart should be in talking about this situation. So if you will, go ahead and open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses uh, 24 and 25. We'll talk a little bit about the context there, but we're going to be looking specifically and breaking down verses 24 and 25. So if you will, just go ahead and get there. I'll have um, the text up here broken down for us. And so this is what you find in these verses, all right? We have the Hebrews writer saying, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what the Hebrews writer is doing, and if you're um, available, on Wednesday nights we're actually going through the whole book of Hebrews. I'm teaching that class. We start at 6 p.m. Uh, we'd love to have you here. It's a great, great, great book, great sermon, actually, um, talking about remaining faithful and pushing through and, and having that faithful life. And this is as the, the sermon's ending and getting close to its end. And the Hebrews writers here is really encouraging the people to stay faithful. If you were to go back into verse 19 and verses, uh, verses 19 through 21, you understand that we have this great high priest that has torn down really the, the separation between man and God by having his flesh uh, be that, that place we can now enter and go into the presence of God. And there's a wonderful illustration and we see a lot of great stuff going on there and because we have all that he has these three let us statements these three commands for us they're they're actually first person imperatives but the greek language doesn't have first person imperatives so they're called i don't want to get too geeky on you guys but they're called hortatory subjunctives in other words it is a first, I know everybody just looked at me like, what are you doing with those words? All right, those are just first person commands. All right, so he's got three commands he's giving these people. Notice in verse 22, he says, let us draw near with a true heart. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession or the promise of our hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful and then we get to verse 24 his third command and let us consider how to stir up one another and so this starts out the the two verses we often use to talk about how hey we don't need to forsake the assembly okay well why right we'll often throw that out to people who are missing church hey, we don't want to forsake the assembly why well, what's the big importance behind it all what's the truth behind it all right here verses 24 and 25 let us consider how to stir up one another. Let's notice each other. Let, let's observe each other, and let's figure out how we can provoke each other, encourage, not poke each other and make each other mad, but encourage one another to love and good works. That's the command, to consider, to observe, to notice how to stir up each other to love and to good works. Now, you notice I have the ING underlined with in neglecting, not neglecting, and encouraging. Those are verbs that help you be able to carry out what the command is. Okay? These are participle verbs. 
they're verbs that, how, that tell you what actions to do to carry out what is being commanded. So number one, by not neglecting to meet together. This idea of meet together, if you were to go through a bunch of different scholars and look at commentaries and really smart people, this is the idea of the assembly, right? Sunday morning assembly at 10 o'clock, that is when our Sunday morning assembly is. So don't neglect, don't forsake the assembly. Don't not go to church, if I can use our words, right? Don't neglect meeting together. Just think about some logical questions. How are you to observe each other, right? Consider each other. How are you to observe, notice how someone is able to be stirred up to love and good works if you're not with those people, right? Just think about questions logically that will start coming up, and I'm going to have a lot more in just a little bit, right? That's why we don't neglect assembling together, because we want to stir up in each other, provoke in each other the idea to love and to have good works. And we can't do that if we're not around each other. I want you to notice a very upsetting phrase to me, the very next phrase, as is the habit of some. The Hebrews book was written in the first century. What had already become a habit in the first century? Not meeting with the church. Isn't that wild to think about? People who were not that far removed from Jesus. These people who were not removed from miraculous abilities stopped going to church, stopped meeting with the church. It had become a habit in them already. And when you make it a habit, right, it's a lot easier just to wake up Sunday morning and say, eh, I'm not going to go, right? And then it had already become a habit for them. And so one of the ways we need to make sure we can uh, consider each other is by being with each other, right? If we're going to be able to figure out how somebody is stirred up, how we can help people, encourage them to love and good works, we need to be around each other. We need to not forsake the assembly. Another one, notice he contrasts here. He goes from a negative to a positive, right? But encouraging one another, right? So don't neglect meeting together, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to encourage each other. And when we're face-to-face, -face, when we get to walk in those doors out there, guess what we get to do? Encourage one another. Right? We're going to have to have another big voice since David's leaving be out in the foyer. Right? We're going to have our, our big cheerful voice out there that's going to be in Oklahoma making the big cheerful voice. So we're going to have to have some other people out there. But just imagine the joy. I don't know if you feel this way, but when I walk in those doors, this morning it was the side doors because of our men's breakfast, I get excited. Right? Because I know there's going to be smiling faces. I know there's going to be handshakes. There's going to be hugs. There's going to be little kids. There's going to be a lot of us coming together trying to encourage one another. And that's why we don't want to forsake the assembly. That's why we don't want to miss. That's why we don't want to have to say, do I have to go to church? Right? And see, that's the truth behind it. And all of us have probably studied these verses. We've probably been told these verses uh, we've probably been harped on maybe a couple of times in our life with these verses. And we all know that that's the truth. But there's more than just the truth. There's actually the heart behind it all, right? It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to apply. And it takes the heart to apply. And that's what we're going to talk about th this morning is 
And the rest of this lesson is the heart behind it. Right? What's the heart behind this message? We get it. We know we need to be with the assembly. But sometimes it becomes rough because the world out there, they really don't want us to come to the assembly. Right? They don't want us to be encouraged by, from one another. They don't want us to be stirred up to love and good works. They want to keep us apart because if the devil can keep us apart, he can accomplish much. He can do a lot of different things. He can start picking off Christians every day if we can keep each other apart. Because when we're together, boy, that's when things happen. That's when we're able to stir each other up. That's when we're able to encourage one another and help each other as the fight keeps going on each week. So here's the heart behind it. I want you to ask yourself this question. Why would you not want to go? Why would you not want to be with the assembly? Have you ever thought about that? What would keep you, what could possibly keep you from the assembly? We have one day a week, one hour a week, technically, if we talk about our assembly time. We have other opportunities on the first day of the week to get together. Sometimes it's a men's breakfast. Other times it's our, our Bible class, our evening services, first Sunday fellowship. But our assembly time, right, where we all get together, the whole congregation gets together, is at 10 o'clock. Why would you not want to be with those people, to be encouraged, to maybe go off into a side room and pray together and cry together? Maybe you've had some tough stuff go on during the week. You need some encouragement. You need to be stirred up. You need to know that this fight is worth fighting. Why would you not want to go to that? Well, here are some four common excuses made. Maybe I've used some of these. Maybe you've used some of these. But I tried to pick the most common ones that I could think about. Four common excuses made to miss church. Number one, I can just go in the evening. I don't know when. I didn't do, spend a lot of historical time studying the idea of when evening services were brought about. But this was not a common thing uh, in the New Testament era. Uh, they had met once, and they probably met a lot longer than we do, right? Uh, they would have gotten together, and they would have spent a lot of time together learning, singing, praying, being around each other, eating with each other, right? And sometimes we just say, well, I can just go in the evening time. Well, here's some questions and some things I want us to think about. Notice what Justin Martyr said. We used this quote not long ago in one of my sermons. And on the day called Sunday, there is a gathering together in the same place of all who live in a city or a rural district. We all make our assembly in common on the day of the sun. Right, so in the New Testament time, they had this assembly time where they all met together. Everybody in the area got together, and they had an assembly. Right? During that assembly, they, they sang, they prayed, they had a, a Bible lesson or, or you know, lessons from God given to them if they were in the New Testament miraculous era. Right? And they had this time, the Lord's Supper, and they got to spend this time with each other. Right? And that time for us is at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Now, here are some common questions I want to ask the person that makes this excuse. Maybe I need to ask myself this, right? I can just go in the evening. Well, what made you miss the morning time? What got in the way of me assembling with the saints in the morning time? I don't know. It's football season, right? We get busy with things. Our Saturdays are spent doing other things. Maybe we were on vacation trying to get back. Uh, maybe we were at the lake. Maybe we were doing something. And so it caused us to get home a little later, so we slept in. We needed that rest because we got work the next week. So, hey, we'll just go in the evening time. 
Look at question number two. Is the whole assembly together in the evening? If it was, our numbers would look different on our bulletin, right? And let's just be honest. Our whole assembly is not together because that's not our assembly time. That's a time we have another service. That's a time where we worship more. That's a time where we hear another Bible lesson. But if I'm being told that's not an assembly time, because if it is, there's a lot of people that are missing out on Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, right? And so if the whole assembly is not together, why would I want to miss that opportunity by missing the morning time, right? Because that's really our, our morning assembly. That's when we get together. That's when everyone is here. Another question to ask, what if we were to only have one service? Which one would you then pick to miss? If it's that one, then you miss out on all opportunities. Uh, would you then change your priorities if there was only one service? Right, see, that excuse, there's a lot behind the heart of that excuse that it just, it eats at me because I know there's been a time in my life when I used that excuse. And there may be a time in your life where you've used that excuse as well. What's your heart behind this idea of wanting to meet together? And we'll ask a few more questions here in just a second. Number two, I have a lot going on. I can't make it. I, man, I got a lot going on. We are busy in this world today, aren't we? Boy, we've got a lot going on. I have, here's my plate. It's piled this high right now, right? And, and a lot of times when we get our plate piled that high, we say, ah, Sunday's my only day to catch up on everything else. Sunday's my only day I get to have that family time. Right? Sunday's my only day, so I just got a lot going on. I can't make it. The devil has won when we make that excuse. Because one day, one, I'm just, let me be real with you. One Sunday we miss, boy, he's got a foothold. Because that week is going to probably be a rough week. And guess what? You missed an opportunity to be encouraged before you started. Before you went out into the world Monday through Saturday, you had the opportunity to be encouraged, to be stirred up, to, to see Christian love with one another. Don't let I, uh, I have a lot going on. Also, think about this. When Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your treasure? If your treasure is with God and with his people, guess where you're going to be during the assembly time? With God and his people. If your treasure's on this earth, guess where you're going to be? With that treasure, right? Because that's where your heart is. And I hope and I, I know there are people in here whose heart is 100% with God and with his people because y'all are here. Y'all are smiling. Y'all are joyful. Y'all don't mind praying for each other. And I love this church family because of that, because there are a lot of hearts committed to this church family and to God. But there are some that maybe have this excuse ready. And sometimes, in my mind, I think I've got a lot going on. And y'all may be thinking, that's crazy. You're the preacher. You have to be here. I still have a lot going on, right? <laughs> and sometimes I just think to my, boy, it would be really easy, you know? 
I could catch up on a lot of stuff. I could catch up on sleep, but I've figured that it's never going to happen, right? Don't let this be an excuse to missing out on the assembly. Don't let this be an excuse on not being with the church family. Next, I can just watch it online. Now, this is a big one because we messed up big time, and I'm going to put we in there because I made a decision too when I was in South Dakota. We messed up big time by ever saying online church was okay. Can I be honest with you? It's not. Because if you look at just what the plain teachings of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 is, notice each other on how to stir up one another. Can you notice me by looking at that camera? No. Now, there are instances where watching online is okay. We have people here Ken and Betty Ramey, who would do everything in their power to be here, but they can't physically. They've got ailments, ailments that cause them not to be here. I get that, and God gets that. But there are others who say, ah, it's just easier for me to watch it. Well, then how can we carry out that command? How can we be around each other? Yes, you may be able to find encouragement through hearing beautiful singing and hearing a lesson, but you can't encourage anybody else. You can't stir up anybody else. And so you really can't carry out the command. And, and it's not just about that. There's a heart issue there, right? If we're going to stay home and watch it online, there's something going on inside. Here's some questions we should ask ourselves. Can you be assembled with the saints when you're not present with the saints? No. So right there, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, in your life, You've broken that command, right? You stand in opposition to God. How can you show love if you have not showed up? Can you show love to any of your brothers and sisters if you're not there? No. How can you encourage if you're not there in person? You can't, right? Maybe you were that smile that somebody needed that week, but you decided to stay home and watch it online. Maybe you were that hug that somebody needed that week to keep going, but you decided not to come be in person because you said, you know, it's just easier for me to open up my laptop or put on the, the YouTube app on my phone. I get it if there is physical issues going on. Don't make me, uh, don't make it out to sound that I'm saying that you are just skipping because you're sick. No, there are people who have heart issues that are missing because of online services. Don't let online be an issue for you or be an excuse for you to miss the assembly. Just because you can worship does not mean you're a part of the assembly. I want that to make sure you understand what's being said there. Yes, you can be worshiping online, but it doesn't mean you're a part of the assembly. Number four, it's not where I feel closest to God. The assembly with the saints is not where I feel closest to God. Why do you feel, why do you not feel closest to God being surrounded by his people? That's a, a question I want to ask somebody. To be honest, this was my number one excuse. I wanted to be in the woods. And guess what? Sunday was an extra weekend day I could be in the woods. Uh, there's not a lot of woods in Oklahoma, but you get what I'm saying. There was a couple of trees I could get up into. Okay, and Sunday was an extra day for me to do that. If I had to go to church, that wasted a weekend day. 
and then I had to go to work on Monday, and I couldn't do that because there was cows that needed to be fed, there was fences that needed to be fixed, there was farming that needed to be done, something. I couldn't hunt those days. But on weekend, especially since my bosses, they were always at church, that could be my day I could go. And plus, man, I really feel close to God out there. I get to feel the wind always on me. I felt close to God. How can you not feel close to God with his people? Right? That's a heart question, especially in this building. Right? If you walk in here on Sunday morning and you can't feel close to God, we need to talk. Because this is a wonderful place. And there are wonderful people here that will hug you, that will talk to you. You may have never met them ever, but I'm telling you, by the end of it, you'll leave by knowing everybody's name, and they'll probably, you'll have a, a welcome bag, you'll have hugs, you'll have Reese's and Rolos in your belly, right? And you'll leave happy because you're around God's people here. And why would you not feel close to God? Now, I get it. There are some buildings you walk into and you're like, there is no way those people are Christians. And that's where I want to then encourage somebody to say, hey, maybe let's rethink the congregation we're a part of, right? Rethink about who you're, if you're not feeling loved, if you're not feeling encouraged, if you're not being stirred up, maybe step back a little bit and say, are these people actually assembling for what God wants people to assemble for, right? But make sure you find that loving group of Christians, that church family that's going to stir you up to encourage you to be the best Christian you can be that that can encourage you to be faithful to the end now we should never let our feelings steer our faith something I always like to preach on because our feelings play a big role in our lives right but never let your feelings steer what God has put down in his word right and that's the next statement let God's will determine what he wants don't let your feelings determine what God would want in your life, right? There's multiple scriptures. This is one of my favorite ones to go to, talking about how all scripture is spoken by God or breathed by God, right? And it makes a man a godly man or woman, a godly woman. Let God's will determine what he wants for you in his life, in your life. Now, I want you to, to write this phrase down. And every week, this is my encouragement for you, change our phrase, do I have to, or, or maybe you're in a conversation with somebody, and, and you, they say, oh, you've got to go to church Sunday, they say, yeah, I've got to go to church, I have to go to church Sunday. Well, let's change that, right? No, I'm so glad I get to go to church, because we're not checking a box of, oh, I'm coming to worship, uh, you know, got to do my worship for the week. No. I'm coming to be encouraged, and I'm so glad I get to see the people I get to see. We get to see people from all walks of life. We've got West Blockton Tigers and Brookwood Panthers all in one building. Can you imagine that, especially this week, of all weeks where the West Blockton Tigers are going to beat the Brookwood Panthers? I'm just, hey, be careful now. <laughs> all right? But we get to come be with each other, to encourage one another, to stir each other up, to love each other, to hug each other. Why would you not want to be a part of that? And so that's my encouragement for us today is to, instead of say, I have to go to church, say, I get to go to. And I'm so glad about that because there are people there that I can't wait to see. Last night when we got our message about Miss Barbie, I'm just going to be honest, she's not allowed to have anything happen to her, all right? 
Miss Barbie's got at least 60 more years in her. So she has to be here because she's one of those people. And I'm sure everybody in here can can express the same thing. She's one of those people you want to see. You can't wait to see because you get to hug her and she's going to be encouraging. She may have a thousand things going on in her life. Her plate may be way fuller than mine will ever be. But guess what she's going to do? She's going to stir you up. She's going to encourage you and she's going to consider how to best provoke you to love and good works. And there's many more people like that. And we are so thankful at this congregation to have those people here. Uh, If you're here this morning and you are are struggling in your life, you have have struggled with this very topic of of missing the assembly, of of not being with God's people, and you want to be encouraged this morning and have a prayer led for you, we would love to do that with you. But if you're here this morning and you you haven't been baptized into Christ, you haven't had your sins washed away, you haven't become a child of God, we'd love and encourage you to have that done this morning to become a child of God, to have those sins washed away. And we see in the New Testament plainly stated it's done through baptism. If you have a need this morning, please come while we stand and sing the song of invitation.